1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McEvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show we're going to be going over yesterday's government announcement and how it affects the GA clubs and counties um, with regards to the easing of restrictions in, uh, in in certain areas as always I'm joined by the sports editor Paul Fitzpatrick from the Anglo-Celt. Um, Paul I suppose on the positive note that we're going to see inter-county football in mid-May by the looks of it from the 15th and 16th as the county seniors are allowed back into collective training um, from April 19th. So it's, um, I suppose, there's there's some light at the end of the tunnel here.
2: Yeah, there is, I suppose, yeah. There's no light if you're, well, there is a little bit of light, but it's a very dim light if you're into golf or tennis or things like that or if you're into other GES sports like like handball, I think there's there's zero light at the end of the tunnel but for for football in Ireland I think it's great that we're going to see you return April 19th I I know I was talking to Killian McGunner for that piece last week and uh, he was saying that cabin players were chomping at the bit to get back and some players didn't even take a break really after the the Dublin game they sort of kept their training up right through because they wanted to be ready and hit the ground running for January but they, they were under the impression like this is a short run in short around, but back in January and like you know I'd, I'd say there would have been a serious confidence coming from that because cavan were at championship pace and they would they, you know they would have been planning not to dip below that really or just maybe come down a little bit and then right back at it whereas they ended up sitting around and not knowing when the next game was going to be which is which is difficult but from I suppose from our media point of view and from a sports point of view as well as the players it's going to be brilliant to get back and it'll be unusual because uh, to be covering National League matches in May something that's never happened before
1: Yeah and, and and so if they run it the way it looks like, I was just working out the dates on it, if the National League starts on May 15th three rounds of that are the 22nd and 29th of May then um, you're into a semi-final which they're hoping to play I understand um, on May, or June 5th and then the final being on June 12th it, it, it leaves a sizable gap then almost two months for the Championship. Um, so I presume they'll give a week maybe um, at some stage there before Championship and, and maybe a week after the Provincial Finals if they go with a knockout system for the All-Ireland. I think that, that seems to be the preference at the moment.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I'd like to see uh, a backdoor system in the All-Ireland this year if, if possible. Like Last year was totally novel, and obviously it worked out brilliantly for Calvin. But I'd like to see if there was some way of running a qualifier this year. I think, you know, some counties are going to have two championship games in two years, which is difficult. You're going back to a system that was yeah. deemed uh, not suitable for requirements over 20 years ago. And I know that the GS hands are tied on it. But the funny thing, I'm just reading here on the Independent, this really surprised me. Um, Column Keyes has a piece here. It says... The conventional thinking is that the quali- qualifier element to the football championship would be dispensed with so that the abbreviated leagues are scheduled can go ahead. This would mean a second success of knockout championship with Horling following the same path as 2020 with a shortened league and qualifier. When polled by the Irish Independent last week, 23 out of 26 football managers who responded would choose a league over a championship qualifier outlet if there was a straight choice between the two. Naturally, most felt all elements league, provincial championship and qualifier could and should be accommodated. When the GPA canvassed membership its membership the week before the sentiment among footballers and hoarders was much the same. That's interesting. The 20, 26 football managers out of the 34, I suppose, well actually New York aren't going to be involved this year Where the 33 were polled. Uh mm. or the re- replied and 23 of them said they'd prefer a league over a over a, a qualifier in a championship.
1: Well that's a lot sim- about the
2: thinking of managers isn't it?
1: Well for the simple reason that in in the true light of day, you look at division four and division three and a lot of division two teams, their best chance of success is the league. And therefore, you know, at, at the end of the day, the in championship, whether it be a backdoor or a straight knockout, for them to get silverware in it is very, very unlikely.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say for it's, it is quite common for a team um, from Division 3 to win a Provincial Championship or from the bottom end of Division 2 as we saw with Calvin last year we saw with Monaghan a few years ago uh, we saw Donegal coming out of Division 2 um, I suppose maybe the Division 4 teams is alright but and I'm just just surprised because you know <sighs> you uh, I, I can't argue with the stats there I, it just surprised me to be honest because I just thought managers look, would, be, would be looking forward to a championship because championship is where it's at and maybe some of, there's an element some of those managers that are, that are kind of thinking well we're, we're not very good or we're not going to get a chance to progress and uh, we don't want to be judged on championship really
1: well yeah our best our best chance of showing like again take it back to the the, the, the manager's point of view that they're looking at, well, our league, we're guaranteed the games are of teams of a similar standard. Whereas championship, there's no guarantee who we get in that championship. You're going into a complete unknown in terms of the draws haven't been made for the provincial championships yet. And then after, for a backdoor system, the draw is still open. So uh, an Offaly or a, a Carlow could get Dublin in round one and then in the backdoor system, end up with a Toronto or Donegal, you know, you're, you're, you're in for two hidings there. Yeah. So yeah. But That's where, that's where they, they might be looking at and say, well, our best chance of winning games is that if we can get a league.
2: Mm, that, yeah, that, that makes sense. But again, it's like, it's like every one of these debates that... It, it, it nearly always Dublin is nearly always one of the first teams mentioned. Usually uh, it's du- Dublin and Leitrim is usually the example, and it, it's it's because Dublin are the ones that are skewing the championship. I'm afraid if you take Dublin out of it, as I said before, we'd have a brilliant Leinster championship, and we'd have a, we'd have a very competitive All Ireland as well. I think it's Dublin. Dublin had a problem. Um, They're too good.
1: I still t- uh, yeah, I, I and 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 that, that's a debate that'll that'll linger on until they're not <laughs> but uh, I, I, I do think I do think I, I I can understand where the managers are coming from in terms of the importance of playing league that you know even it builds up confidence if you can win a few games against teams of your own level and then you you push into a championship maybe with momentum whereas the alternative being it's only two games
2: yeah that's true yeah but it, it, I, I I would have liked. why well, I was surprised at that is I kind of would have thought that managers would have been Prepared to gamble and go right. Look, maybe maybe we haven't been doing great, but a knockout championship is is a chance for us, and we've nothing to lose here. We're going in, and it's it's all in the day. Pressure might get to the other team, like Mickey Graham, for example, the ultimate championship manager, who's won more championship matches than league matches. And uh, I know you told me that when you played under him with league like he was, championship was where was where it's at for Mickey. So I wonder, was he? Did he reply to them, or was he one of the three who who? Prefer the championship qualifier over over a league because I, I always think that the league is the league is important, but it's only important because to do well in the league improves your chances of doing well in the championship. Because and Cavan are a great example of that last year, like getting relegated. No one cares the Calvin are relegated now because they won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just an interesting uh, little byproduct to this to this uh, um, whole COVID situation is you know. Where, where do the loyalties of managers and players lie is it a league or is it a championship
1: i think i think for most it lies in in that that other idea of progress that you know i'm i'm, I'm reading a book with, with quotes of vince Lombardi and for him it's just literally winning winning is absolutely everything and that was going back into the 50s and that he's judged on you know winning or losing and, and for a lot of it i'd, I'd agree with that but not everybody can win, and in order to get to the point of of being competitive, the league does offer more people, more c- counties, the opportunity to win than you know, and that's winning games than the championship does. Mm, yeah. Um yeah. And, and so it, 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 I, I suppose I can look at if if we were to take it to the the, the crux of of sport, if you want to get. If you have 32 teams and you want to find out who is the best team, the fairest way of doing that is put them into a league system and the best will come out on top. Mm, yeah. But if you want to if you want the drama and the excitement and the and the the, the love affair of the championship of knockout football, then it's a different thing. I, I don't think that when we were playing knockout football, we necessarily got the best team winning the All Ireland each year. Um, I, I think that you know so a lot of the time the best team may have been caught on the hop. So we probably do have the best team winning uh, the leagues every year. but and, and more so even the championships now since we've gone to a backdoor system and a super eights, you know there, there's very, very little opportunity for the best team not to bounce back and, and win. So that's that's probably where they're looking at those managers are saying at the end of the day now, the league is the most important thing for us because we're playing those teams of similar level. Best opportunity for us to get silverware. Best opportunity for us to show that we've made progress as a group of players and as a management team. And it ticks an awful lot of boxes that go on the journey to success, I suppose, or what's deemed to be successful.
2: Yeah, but the funny thing is, when you hear the cry out for for a, a B championship, and I remember your man Kieran Daly, I think his name is that 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 was over London for a while. He he was complaining about um about how they need they want London wanted a B championship or he wanted a B championship for London London to take part in because like our two tier championship for like that uh, because it gave them an opportunity to get more games against teams of their own level which was absolutely stupid because they had had uh, they had had seven league games against teams of their own level uh, in the previous mm-hmm. five years I think or four or five years while he was involved with them and they had only won a couple of them. So I don't, th- I didn't understand what the difference was, playing more games against teams of that level. I don't know, didn't know how that was going to bring them on. So I'm not a big proponent of that of that two tier system. I know me and you uh, debated this before, but mm. I'd be more inclined to to, dra- to do something drastic to try and pull these teams up. Like in other sports, you have a, you have a draft and or uh, you've things like that to keep to keep it more even to to cover up the disadvantages that a certain team has. Now I know that's professional sport but I'd be more inclined to um, try and pull these teams up with with the top teams but don't get up into the attic and put a ladder up behind you rather than cast them aside into a, a two-tier championship where realistically it's going to be harder than ever for them to, to get out of that get into the top, top flight and consolidate as we've seen in Horland, the gap has just got wider than ever and the teams that were kind of on the fringes of the top tier in Horland, uh, like the likes of Darren and Antrim Kerry, Mead uh, Carlo even they're further away than they ever were they will never get they will never break into the top tier and consolidate there now it's just the gap is it's too difficult when you get out of it for a couple of years you, you work so hard to win that that second tier and when you get back up there then the top teams have moved on again and it's very yeah. hard for you to replicate that effort so I think we're all you're doing is kind of setting this uh this gap and making it wider so I know we're getting off the thing here, but <laughs> I, I I think something needs to be done to pull those teams along. Like let's say, right, if you're finished, if you, if you're finished in a certain position for a certain length of time, um, well then you're going to get something to help you here. You're going to get uh, I don't know, more funding or something, you know, um, more home home advantage in more games or whatever it takes. Something that little things to give you more of a fighting chance.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and and as I've said before, I believe one of the little things that that should be done to give them, or or even it up is even the number of games that's been played. Dublin have played more games over the last six years than any team in the country. Yeah, and that's that's because they continue winning, and by playing more games, they get better. Like it, it brings it back even to this idea that you know. Why, are, why is the league starting in mid-May and the championship, the All-Ireland final is going to be mid-August and yet you're still talking about uh, most teams getting four games in that, that period. You're a three-month period where you're going to have guaranteed three league games. Um, so that means half of the teams in the country are going to get three league games and then possibly one championship game if they lose out on the on the yeah so on six, the first one there
2: sixteen teams are realistically going to get four games unless there's a team who gets gets into a league final and then and then uh, loses the first round of the championship. Realistically, probably going to be half the teams that's going to get.
1: Well, games. I'd say i I'd, I'd say half the teams would play five games less than yeah sorry half the teams would play five games or less in a three month period. Why do we need that that big of a gap? It's it's again it's back to this issue that that we need so much train and time in between games. Calvin showed last year that that's counterproductive. That playing games is actually what's beneficial. And they like Kevin got better as the championship went on, as the year went on. They played more challenge matches before the league even started. They crammed in challenge matches to make sure that they. They were game ready. So I think the GA looking at that, saying even for a Dublin who, let's say, go through a three-game provincial championship, all-Ireland semi-final and final, they're going to have 10 games in 13 weeks. Take that to the AFL or take that to the Premier League or take that to American football or basketball or baseball, any other sports, team sports, that's that's a very, very low number of games per week. Um, you know, it it, does, it doesn't make any sense at all. I think that the GA, we have to get rid of this idea that there has to be gaps between weeks. Like, we're, we're talking to, uh, look at this weekend, Aston Shorten is playing in what is called the semi-finals down in the AFLW. It's really the quarterfinals. But she, if she wins this game this weekend, we'll be prepared for the semi-finals the following weekend and the grand final the weekend after. And it's that quick. It's run through. They're not saying that that they need two weeks between each game. So I think we we need to be looking at that in the GA as well. Get rid of this idea that that there has to be a weekend between each championship game and and there has to be two weekends in in certain cases. Let's keep the games coming week in, week out. Because it keeps the interest up, I think.
2: Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Like, I, th- I think we have been missing a trick with that. That's just tradition and like we've often seen looking back through the archives, like a lot of times when Captain would have drawn matches in the Ulster Championship, it'd be two weeks before the replay. Do you know, yeah. it was, like it was it was it was really mad, it was dragging on, but you-
0: Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan Longford Leitram, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties. For over 50 years, a family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details.
2: Just on Calvin for a second, I've been thinking about this, and I did a piece. Um, I was laughing, the column, the Calvin Man's Diary that I do in the Celt, and I'm really running low on ideas at the moment because there's just nothing happening to invigorate me, to give me something to write about. And I don't want to start going on about lockdowns or COVID or anything like that anymore. But um, I, I did a piece last week about why Cavan's Ulster Championship um, win in 2020, why that was the greatest ever. Ulster uh, campaign for Calvin. We might knock a pot out of it maybe in a week or two but um, just thinking about Calvin and again it, it ties in with when football will actually return and and the sort of frustration that the Calvin players are feeling at the minute about missing that chance to hit the ground running in January. It's a lo- it's a long time since Calvin have actually gone into a new season after a breakthrough success um. And and sort of tested the water to see where they are, and see how they respond to that properly, basically on a level playing field. So what i what I mean to say by that is in 1997, you, the National League started before Christmas, um, at the tail end of 97. There was that trip to New York, which was uh, the mother and father of all piss ups and well earned. for players and supporters, I think, really enjoyed that trip. And um, but you had you had caretaker manager in there like obviously Martin McHugh was gone Stephen King was gone Damien O'Reilly was gone you know all that changed you weren't going in on 11 playing field uh, and you you picked up a few defeats before Christmas in that league and suddenly you were under pressure nearly as nearly as quick as anything I was thinking back to 1969 the previous Ulster, Ulster win and I, yeah. there was a sense in Calvin of total misery after at the end of the 60s that we didn't win in All-Ireland now we look back on it as a golden era now but after that 1969 win, Gabriel Kelly retired, um, Tom Lynch retired, Charlie Gallagher retired. They were, along with Ray Carlin, they were the, the, the three men, they were the four men who played on all the also winning teams throughout the 60s and you lost three of them that winter. Um, Mick Higgins stepped down as manager and T.P. Riley stepped down as chairman. That all happened in the winter of 1969. So you're going into 1970 and you didn't know where you were and we never really recovered from that. And, um, 1967 Cavan had a great Ulster win I'm not going to go through every single Ulster win but just to put it in perspective 1967 was is regarded as the best Cavan team ever to win in All Ireland I was
1: the oh, well, Ulster so All Ireland yeah the one
2: Ulster but did a great win against Ireland in the Ulster final and they played Cork they lost the All Ireland semi-final by a point it was a brilliant Cavan team but it's going it into 68 then uh I know that they. they were, I I don't know exactly what the light of the land was in '68, but I know they went into the also final without Ray Carlin. He was injured, and he was very rarely injured in his, his career. And um, they were playing down and reading the the previews of the game. The, Carlin was so important that the previews in some of the papers said if uh, Carlin was fit, it's a 50-50 game. With Carlin injured, Calvin had no chance. And that's it. that's basically what happened. Cavan We're beating Darwin on. one the All Ireland. So Cavan are in a position now that we've we're not used to being in this position. We're not used to being in a position of having won something or having made a breakthrough that we were looking for for so long. And now we're coming into the new season and with no flux. Yeah, no flux, no excuses. We're we're the champions now. We're the team that's started to be knocked out. We haven't lost any players. In actual fact, like you'd be hoping that Cavan would get better this year.
1: <laughs> so, so the only. Caveat being 1968, Ray Carlin gets injured. Injury could yeah, be there. injury it could yeah. be the cause.
2: It could be yeah, it could be. But you'd, you'd hope not because unless got Touchwood, God forbid, well, a cruciate or something. But the players are very well minded now. Like and there wasn't a whole pile of injury problems last year when it came.
1: Well, well, in reality there was. You had Connor Brady, you had Stephen Murray, who both played in the All Ireland semi final that were were injured up to that point. You had Conor Madden who wasn't available for the Monaghan yeah, game. Yeah, I suppose you're right.
2: actually. Yeah. you had
1: Thomas Galligan, who wasn't fully fit for the Monaghan game. You had a lot of injury uh, you're actually. Right, actually. Yeah, no, I'm t- so,
2: talking there. there was a few, actually. Yeah, we think it, it
1: was. So, so in fairness, last year was probably another year that you could have the, the excuses could have been made. Oh, would this happened? We were unlucky in this way, and yet the lads found a way, which was maybe something. Now you'd know better than I do. But maybe something that we haven't done in the past—that we've thrown the excuses out the window and said we're going to win it anyway. Doesn't matter who's injured. Doesn't matter who we're missing. Like Niall Murray wasn't fully available, fully fit uh, throughout last year. So there's there's an awful lot of last year that books all the trends and backs up your argument that is probably the greatest ever victory by a Cavan team in, in an Ulster Championship.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I think so. And I think it it, it was so uh, iconic already because. There essentially came a point in the in the lifespan of this Calvin team where they said enough is enough. And when I was interviewing Kelly, ah, yeah. that I was had, brilliant part. Ah, I wrote I wrote down in front of me, I was like, I had a few questions just in case I ran out of things to ask him. And one of them was, was it a case that this was enough is enough? And before I got that got to ask him the question, he actually used that exact that exact phrase that the some yeah. of the players just said, No, this isn't happening anymore. We're not accepting defeat again. And uh for, like for there does come you... that point in the lifespan of a team.
1: Yeah, for, for anybody who wants to listen, that that Killian Brady interview is over on the diehard service. And we are uh, patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. Um,
2: yeah, we might we'll say we'll, we'll be later on tomorrow, maybe, yeah. But a, a really, really
1: interesting interview there because that, that point of enough being enough and, and no more excuses, it took a long time for Calvin to come round to that way of thinking, you know, and one of the things, I don't know, it's a bugbearer for you, we're, we're, we're delving a wee bit into the the Killian DeGunner interview, but um, well, not a bugbearer, but it's a, it's a point that you raised a few times was that this idea that next year is going to be the year, the future is blue, you know. While I, I, the sentiment and the idea around it was great, but in hindsight, it it almost gave a pass that oh we well, look at if it doesn't happen this year, we've got another go, we've got another go, we've got another go, and again, bringing it back to Vince Lombardi's. Quotes. I can't take of The exact quote, but literally in in one of his quotes, he, he stated something like, "There is no tomorrow. This yeah. is the only opportunity you have to win this game, and it'll never come again. And if you keep on passing off opportunities, you'll never get to grasp it." So, you know that that was a really interesting point that Killian, the Gunner, made. But we, we we got we got sidetracked slightly. The one disappointment that comes out from uh, the government announcement yesterday, and I'm just reading on the the Irish Examiner where it states that uh, the government website also confirms that level five exemption is training for and playing of national governing bodies sanctioned and organized adult inter-county national Gaelic games, leagues, uh, not including the under-20s and the minor competitions. And then you take it forward to April 26th, when kids are allowed back in a non-contact environment in pods of 15 or less. But the 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 lads and yeah. i wearing my, my county under 20 manager's hat in saying this that age group have been given zero out of yesterday's announcement they the, the under 18s are back at school they're all back at school by the twent by the 12th of April they're being given back then their 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 collective trainings or the, the group trainings the county seniors are been given dates and 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 the path where they can go these these kids that are 18 19 20 they have no social life they have no sporting life they have no college um in in a social environment of any sort at all they, they needed to be given something and, and the government just completely ignored them on, on this one i think that yeah. they, they they could have given uh uh the the under 20s included that in that in 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 the break there that you know, let the under seventies, let the under twenties come back into pods of fifteen, non-contact, even something like that that can give them a a, a relief, a, a bit of an outlet because they're. I, I think that they're really struggling at the moment.
2: Yeah, well, it's sad to hear you saying that because you're you're talking to fellas, obviously, and you no, know, without praying and like your own players, you're obviously detecting that the lads are are finding it tough going at the minute. And I, I, look, I think it's important that we don't weaponize mental health and use it as as a as a hammer here to, to win an argument with yeah but i agree it's still it still has to be said like this is this is tough and it's it's young fellas in particular that that we you need to be concerned about because that's where that's where there's a lot of can be mental health difficulties in, in young fellas fitting that profile so <clears throat> so it's not, it's well, not just me- it's not just the mental health thing it's a physical oh. thing as well like it, was, you, need, you need training. You need the endorphins that come from it, and you need to you need to be physically fit. And it's you're, you know you're at that impressionable age where you're 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 making habits for life at that age, and getting out training and you know maybe looking to become an elite athlete. That's when these habits are formed as well. So mm-hmm. I I just think that's I don't want to start ranting and raving about it because I have very strong opinions on the whole. Yeah. Thing. I well, I think that's, that's not right. Like I just think it's very it's very hard, and we're treating. I think we're insulting people's intelligence. We're insulting the intelligence of these young fellas to say to them that you can sit in a classroom, potentially with with fifteen of your of your county minor teammates. Uh, all the okay, the windows might be open or whatever, but you're indoors and like indoors stuff is a total no no. But yet in the evenings, you know, I'll go out and kick ball with them in the outdoors, and nothing could be healthier.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 on like I completely agree with you that the mental health aspects of of what is going on. Have not been fully realised, but I believe that there's a big, big problem in there. But another aspect that came to light over the last month for me was the the 18, 19 year olds who are sitting in front of a computer on Zoom meetings all day for their their class for their college work, and who are just saying, you know what, college is not for me, and they're they're questioning their career choice, they're cor- they're questioning the path that they've chosen. Um, because of this so it, it there, there's massive massive implications to that like if somebody believes that they want to be uh whatever a solicitor but they're sitting in front of a laptop and that's turning them away from the career path that they want and instead they're going to go and and take up an apprentice or something like that i know they're extremes again we're going double and them or well not but you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. the idea the idea being that what we're what we're doing to that age group, or what's been done to that age group currently, is going to have long term effects on their career, their mental health, their physical health, and there was been nothing given to them yesterday. I think it was it was a, a very disappointing by the government. I hope there's the no urgency there, there's, it,
2: It's as if the powers that be don't think this is a major issue because it's not even been referenced. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's no urgency in in providing a pathway to, um, for these young young people at that age, which I think this is a matter of extreme urgency, in my opinion, that that Mm -hmm. these people get looked after. I
1: completely agree. What I do hope is that the GA uh, in next week, I'll see on the examiner website there, that that the GA is aiming to confirm its revised 2021 master fixture calendar by the end of next week. Um, So I hope that in that, they will give dates ideas that okay we understand that the dates aren't set in stone that things can change but give something and say look at we're hoping to run the under 20 championship the under 17 championship at this time or at this stage we're hoping the clubs will start at this stage and give a better guidance for people then that they can start to have a name start to have a target because i think that that's an important part of of development is is that you're you're aiming towards a goal and you can see that date in sight. So hopefully something comes from it because April 26th allowing kids back into non-contact, while that is a, a step in the right direction, I think it should have gone forward. Or I, I don't think it should have been um just curtailed to under 18s or or what's defined as kids as under eighteens, you know. So yeah.
2: But anyway completely. well anyone that says that under under 20 intercounty is not is not elite. Um I actually was talking to uh, the chairman of the CMUL the underage soccer league in Cavan and Monaghan, and for just a piece I did yesterday for the paper or two days ago, and he was telling me that um that the electricity in the electricity league now there's there's national there's national leagues at on the 17 and nineteen. I think there's on the fourteen as well, and uh, they're actually classified as elite, He told me. And so they're hoping they were very hopeful at that stage that those teams would, would be returning. And he, he was extremely confident that they'll be returning because they're, you know, one step down from the national team or whatever. For some reason, they're classified as elite. So, look, best of luck to them. Me or you aren't involved in soccer. And, and I think it's great that there's kids involved in soccer. And if they can get back playing their sport uh, and improving and getting that beautiful thing to have in your life is sport, if they can get enjoying that, then. Then good luck to them, but I, I think the GA uh, is every bit as elite at the county on the twenty level. And you know yourself, Damien, with the plans you have in place. Like if that's not a elite sport, I know it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely agree, completely agree. But um, yeah, look at fingers crossed um, that that we we get some good news in the next week and and that people can start to get back to it. And look at I think that at the end of the day, we're seeing a lot of people and groups of people maybe coming together and making their own decisions at this stage or um, hearing a lot of a lot of stories of 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 situations like that happening and, and it's just the reality that that people are going to make their own risk assessment. I think um whether what regardless of what the government are saying at the moment because they're uh, I think the government are are uh, personally I feel they're a little bit out of touch in, in terms of what's actually going on out there at this moment in time. Um, it's
2: politics then And like at this moment in time, the last thing we need is is anyone to play in politics. And it's a perfect storm, I think, in this country because uh, we don't have we don't have a a team that are that are playing together, uh, leading the country at the minute. I don't think anyone would say that. I think we've a lot of we have a team there, essentially in the coalition, but they're they're all sniping at each other and they're all stabbing each other in the back. And if that was on the football pitch, that would not be a successful team. And I I think that's an issue as well that there's a lot of politicking involved and look I have simply for the government they have, a, they have a difficult job they have a much harder job than Neffet, whose job it, is easy I think their job is easy they don't have to weigh up anything they just they just go right now ban it the government have have the political but it's tough and I've I've a lot simply for the GA I think the GA have done very well um in general over the course of the whole thing like. Yeah. We don't know the whole ins and outs of what's going on behind the scene, but some bits and pieces are dripping out. Like they were told at Christmas that the intercounty was was um, yeah, classified as elite and could go ahead on the level five, and then the rugby pulled from underneath them that came out. Of, I don't know if you saw that that came out last week that they were actually told by the minister. Um, I mean, it could have been Christmas Eve around then that intercounty was was confirmed as elite on the level five, but they went and wrote it into law that it wasn't. But they never actually informed the GAA. That was where that whole thing came from. So I have a lot of sympathy for the powers of be in Crow Park as well. I think they're they're they've had the rope pulled from under them several times, and I think they've done everything that can be asked of them in the GA, um, like giving up their grounds, all those things that the GA would always do anyway. And then even to the point of when when uh, there was they were getting a bit of flack about county final celebrations and so on, which weren't club organized events. Um, the GA almost immediately said, right, okay, pull, call everything off. And like that, that was a tough decision to make because it left of our county championships outstanding, but they did it anyway. So, oh look, please God, and one yeah. time we we'll never mention the Sea word again.
1: Exactly, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Um so yeah, we we uh, we hope to preview towards the end of the week on the Die Diehards podcast, looking ahead to, um, the the aforementioned. Quarterfinals of the AFLW where Collingwood are taking on North Melbourne, so we're going to hopefully have a word with Ashlyn Shorten ahead of that game. It's on on Saturday morning at five twenty, so it's actually a kind of achievable time to to get up. Good Friday, you're going to be at nothing us anyway, so bed early and, and and up to watch it. Will Will you rise early, Paul?
2: I will, yeah. I next Friday so. as <laughs> well. deadly Jesus. Make a fry for me. I'm, I'd I'm, love.
1: Oh, I'd, we'd love to be able to come together to watch that.
2: You missed my reference there. That's good Friday, isn't it? No, no meat to be eaten
1: that day. Oh well, it's actually
2: technically into the Saturday. All oh, right, I'll oh, be got it. We'll it's, have a it's,
1: it's, it's the Saturday morning when you're watching it, so you oh, can right. celebrate okay. with a fry. <laughs> um. So yeah, best of luck to to Ashton at the Collinwood, and, Wood, and uh, don't forget to check out the Killian Brady interview over on Patreon.com forward slash We Are Calvin Paul. Thanks a million. Enjoy the rest of the week.
2: You too, David. Thanks.